Hey, and welcome back to Real Estate Accelerate's podcast series, What Every New Agent Asks, Should Ask, and Should Do to Start a Successful Real Estate Career. This is Chuck Dinsmore, and I'll be walking you through this incredible Q&A session today. Just a little bit about my background. I grew up in this business, but I've been licensed since 2000, and I've seen good markets and bad markets as I watched everyone around me struggle with the ups and downs of this crazy profession. Because of these systems and techniques that I'm going to teach you today, I get to have the time to do what I really love, and that is share my knowledge and experience with you. So relax, listen, and enjoy today's core topic on accelerating your business. Now let's get started. Hey, and welcome back. In this section, we're going to continue with our prospecting series and be talking more about the methods and the benefits and costs of different types of marketing. This session is going to be broken into two sessions because we have so much material to cover. The first session is going to go through internet marketing, and then the second session is going to pick up with social media internet marketing. So make sure you listen to both sessions. So far, we've covered working with your sphere of influence, creating a living list, and defining your perfect customer, and determining where you want to market. But now you're probably getting a sense that there are many avenues to marketing, and it can be overwhelming. The key is to determine what works for you, what gives you the best return for your investment, and keeping it as simple as possible. Remember the theme that you cannot be a jack-of-all-trades. It also applies to marketing. You have limited resources, so you cannot do it all. Try, test, review, and then whittle it down to your most successful system. In this episode, what you're going to learn is the different methods commonly used in marketing and real estate today and how to determine your cost per lead and use this to create a marketing budget. When you finish this module, you'll have a marketing plan that allows you to test the most likely methods for success. You will know your marketing budget and what your true cost of a new customer is, and you'll have dispelled the confusion knowing exactly what you'll need to do to develop your most effective marketing program. So let's start with when I was a Cobble banker, they offered in-house marketing. Now, we talked about the different types of brokerages in an earlier episode, but the type of marketing they offered was more corporate marketing. It was about marketing the broker and the company itself. So whenever I sold something or I had a buyer, I was able to send out 100 postcards explaining that I had a buyer or I just sold something, and I could pick whoever I sent that to. So typically, you would send that to your farm. The problem, of course, is, is that it's Caldwell Banker brand marketing. It's not Chuck Densmore brand marketing. But that's one of the basics is offered out there. When I was at Remax, Remax is more you focusing on your own programs and what works for you. So we did a lot of self-marketing at Remax, and that includes doing postcards and advertising and internet-based marketing, which we're going to talk about soon. But there was a specific instance that I want to tell you about. There was a particular group that did a lot of marketing. This agent's budget for marketing was over $12,000 per month. Now, they did a lot of volume. They were one of the top agents in the state. However, I'm not sure that I would be able to spend $12,000 a month just to generate about a half million dollars in commission because that's quite a bit when you think about it. You're spending $144,000 a year on marketing, and after you pay all your other expenses, it doesn't leave a lot left for your pocket. So that being said, really think about what you're doing to market yourself and how it's costing you or how it's benefiting you. What is it costing per customer to do that marketing? How are you measuring it to see that it works? Because what this person did at Remax is they didn't measure anything. They just spent a lot of money and they knew they were getting a lot of customers. 
What they didn't understand is what was working and what wasn't working, and so they were scared to cut anything in the budget because they were afraid it would be the one thing that would be working. Had they started from the ground up and tested everything they did, they would know exactly what worked and what didn't work, and I bet you that their budget could be cut into a third. So let's start with a little preparation. We need to know what a new client costs. We've had an exercise in this in a previous module. What I want you to do is to take just a minute and figure out what it costs for a new client. So think about what is the average value of your sale, and that is how much commission do you actually put in the bank when you make a sale on average. Now, if you're a new agent, you can find out what the average is for your brokerage. Just ask your broker. So let's assume that it's $5,000 you're putting into your pocket on the average sale. How many leads did it take to get that sale? How many leads did you have to actually put into your database or add to your living list before you actually got that sale? Now, oftentimes, it'll be 50 to 100 leads because once you get that lead, that doesn't mean that you're actually going to work with the person. That just means that they are a potential buyer or seller. So how many leads did it take to get that sale? And if you'll divide that number of leads into $5,000, then you know how much each lead generated. For instance, let's say that it took 100 leads to get that $5,000 sale. $5,000 divided by 100 is 50. So that means that $50 is the value of every single new lead. Any lead that comes into your database will generate $50 in business. Now it's a simple way to do it, but it gives you a good rule of thumb. You can apply the same thing if you're doing online marketing. Let's say you're doing pay-per-click or you're doing so many exposures or maybe you're doing print media where you're advertising in the newspaper. How many leads did that ad generate or that online marketing generate? And then you know how much money that vehicle generated for your business because you can do the math. It's important to know though what the value of each lead is. So we're gonna use $50 going forward for the rest of the program here. Before you get into marketing though, there are some basics you need to know. And we've covered some of them in the previous prospecting, but who is your audience? Who is your perfect customer? Who are you marketing to? And if you go out and you say, I'm marketing to the entire city or the entire county, then you really need to go back and do the previous prospecting modules on your perfect customer and your farm. The reason is, is because you can't afford to market to every single person, and every single person will take a different kind of marketing to get them to react. So you need to know who is your perfect customer, who is your audience, and who you're marketing to. Second, what is your objective? What do you want to accomplish with this marketing? Do you want to generate a certain number of leads? Do you want to generate a certain number of listings? Do you want to generate a certain number of buyers? What is your objective? You need to know what that is too because you need to know if the marketing achieved your objective. For instance, if you know that this marketing that you're about to do is going to cost you $500, you know you need to generate a minimum of 10 leads at $50 a piece in order to cover your cost. So your objective would be to generate 10 leads, right? What is your timeline or what is your marketing calendar? Sometimes marketing is season specific. Many of your markets have seasons where homes sell and homes don't sell. For instance, you might be selling more in the summertime because the kids are out of school and it's a good time to move the kids. Or if you're in some of the southern markets, you might be selling more in the wintertime because that's when all the visitors come down looking for homes to invest in or to buy. Decide what your timeline is and what your marketing calendar is. 
If you're doing a regular advertisement, how often do you do that advertisement? Do you do it once a month? Do you do it every week? Do you do it once a quarter? If you're sending out a newsletter, how often do you do that? Remember, it takes at least six exposures to make any effect on any particular marketing vehicle. And then the last thing you need to know is what are your costs and what is your budget? You need to know how much you're willing to spend on marketing so that you can figure out where to best spend your money. Again, if you're spending $500 on an advertisement and it's not going to generate at least 10 leads, then you're really wasting your money. Or maybe you want to spend the $500 on something else that would generate 100 leads because that's a better use of your money. All right, so let's move into types of marketing and their effectiveness. Traditional marketing, you've probably heard of or seen, that would be postcards and letters, print advertising, you can advertise in your newspaper, you can advertise in local real estate books, you can advertise in local programs for events, or you can advertise in programs at community centers. So anything that's print is pretty much traditional marketing. Postcards are very popular. Like in my example I gave you in the beginning, whenever you sell something or you have a customer that buys something, send out a postcard and let people know. Now you need to really think about this when you are marketing because you only want to send out the cards to the neighborhoods that are within your farm area. You don't want to spend money sending postcards out to a neighborhood across the county that you'll never drive to or that you're really not interested in working with. So it's important that you target where those cards are going. Letters, the same thing. If you're new to this business, you probably want to do an announcement letter and send it out to your sphere of influence saying you're new in this business. A lot of people use letters to send out quarterly so that they can just remind their friends, their sphere of influence, and their past customers that they're still in the business. Print advertising, you can advertise in the newspaper, you can advertise in magazines, but keep in mind this is not always the most effective use of your funds. Oftentimes, your broker will do a mass ad that will advertise for all of the agents in your office. So talk to your broker about doing something like that where it's not so expensive for you to do, especially if you're starting out. In my market, the only agents that still advertise in print media are the ones that have many, many listings that can fill up a page so that their average cost per listing is minimal. And then also consider postcards, and I want to come back to that. There are two important things you should consider. First of all, there's a company called Send Out Cards, and we don't get any money off of this, but Send Out Cards, and you can look them up online, is a very good automated way to send out a thank you note or to send out a congratulations note to your customers when something happens in their life that changes, or maybe they bought a new house and you want to send something to them. You can set up an account on Send Out Cards, and it'll all be handled automatically for you. Postcards also turn out very effective because they're less expensive to mail. Now, when you send a postcard, make sure you're sending information that, first of all, is compliant with your local regulations and your board rules, but also make sure it's something that the customer wants to hear about. For instance, something that's worked very well for me and my team is that we send out a monthly update on the sales in the neighborhood. Now, we make sure that it's clear at the bottom of the postcard that these are sales that are taken from the MLS. They're not necessarily sales that our team has done. The customers, nevertheless, appreciate to know what's going on in their market, and they will keep these postcards for a very long time. I've had customers call me two years after a card was sent, saying they were finally ready to sell their home. So don't bunk postcards. Even though it's traditional marketing, it's very effective. Content marketing. 
Now, content marketing is like newsletters, non-real estate related things such as postcards with recipes and things like that, sending out calendars and pins, sending out closing gifts after you closed with a client. Even a closing gift is marketing because it will probably sit in that client's house and their friends and their family will ask about it and it will continue to have your name on it so it will continue to market you. One thing about content marketing though, the concept is is that you're sending something useful to the client. Not everyone on your mailing list is going to want to sell or buy a home in the next 90 days. And so if you just send them things about real estate all the time, they're just going to throw you in the trash can. But if you send something they can use or something they'll keep, then they'll keep you top of mind whenever they think about real estate. Typically, newsletters have something about the market, but they also have something about what's going on in perhaps politics or history, or they have recipes. Some of the effective things is they do puzzles so that people actually use the mailer or the piece for a while, so you can put a crossword puzzle in there or some other type of puzzle. Try to make it fun. Try to make it interesting. Try to make it something that every customer in your farm will use sometime or another soon. Internet marketing. Now, we're going to cover an entire session on internet marketing and social media, but I can't talk about marketing without covering these two topics. So let's talk about internet marketing first. Your personal website. You must have a personal website. I don't care if it's just a one-page site. It needs to be something because if you don't have a website, you're not in business. People will not want to do business with you. See what websites are offered through your company, through your broker, or even through your board. You also need to go out and buy a domain name that you can use and take with you should you leave your current broker because you don't want to be stuck with an email address that has their name on the end of it and then none of your people will be able to get in touch with you should you change companies. Try to get your name in a website. That's the first thing you should do. Even if you don't use it and you leave it parked, try to get your name. You can go to GoDaddy.com. They typically have good sales going on all of the time. 20 or 30% off of domain names. It costs you about 10 bucks a year to maintain it, so it's a minimal investment. Your personal website should have information about you on it. It also should have access to listings and the ability to search the MLS. If people can't find what they're looking for, they're not going to stay on your site. Also, your site should include links to your personal blog or other pages of interest that you have, backlinks to schools and school districts, to perhaps market data or population data, whatever you can do that will be of interest to that person looking for a home. Many websites have the ability to feed directly into the local MLS, and that's important. If you have it, make sure you take advantage of it. Also, your company website. Make sure your profile stays updated on your company website, that it matches exactly what's on your personal website, and that the two link together. Make sure that if you have a website at your board, it does exactly the same. Now, many boards will provide a template website to their agents, and so you can point your own web address that you just bought to your board website, and it has pages that you can put personal information about you, and of course it has the property search built in, so that's also a good solution. Realtor.com. All of you who are members of the National Association of Realtors have an account at Realtor.com. You have to go set it up because your listings are going there anyway automatically. And if you're not set up, then you're not getting tagged to your listings, which means you're not going to get leads off of Realtor.com. 90% of all home buyers in the U.S. look at Realtor.com before they contact an agent. So it's very important that your profile be up to date on Realtor.com. 
Now, you do have the option of upgrading to what's called a showcase listing on Realtor.com and make sure that you talk to your broker or your local board because sometimes that's included with your membership. A showcase listing gives you more information about you to post to your customers. It also gives the ability to put virtual tours for free on the site and also to put more photos and more information about your listings. Google Places. Google Places is absolutely free. If you do not have a Google account, get one. You do not have to have a Google email address in order to have a Google account. You can use any email address you want, but it's important that you go and you set up a Google account. Google has a lot of tools that are very, very useful, including their calendar, which will synchronize with your smartphone and your computer. You can also pull all of your email into Google, whether it's a Google account or not, and use that to respond, track, store, and keep up with your email leads. The other thing that's important to do in Google is called Google Places. So once you have a Google account, go into the other tools and look for Google Places. Google Places is Google's mapping system, which allows you to be located when someone does a search. Think about it. When you've done a Google search, on the right-hand side, a map pops up with pointers on it that look like little push pins. Those pointers point to different choices you have for your search. Every single one of those businesses has set up their Google Places account. Wouldn't you like to be one of those push pins when someone searches for a Realtor? Most Realtors are not doing this, so it's a big opportunity for you to get set up and to get some extra exposure on the search engines. Google gives preference to Google Places anytime a search is done. Okay, so that wraps up the first half of today's episode on prospecting and marketing. We're going to pick up the second half talking about more internet, specifically about social media and how to use that effectively in your marketing. So don't forget, make sure you listen to the second part so that you get the full amount of information regarding marketing methods. I'll see you in the next part. Okay, so that wraps it up for the first part of this section. Make sure you tune in to the next part. So look in your directory and find the next section so we can continue our training today. Just a quick note on the legalese. This program is copyright 2013 by Seaclear Academy and Real Estate Accelerate. My name is Chuck Densmore, and we do not propose to be anything other than a real estate broker and trainer. We are not attorneys, we are not accountants, and we do not represent ourselves to be so. If you have any legal questions, accounting questions, or questions about your brokerage or the brokerage laws in your state, please see the appropriate authorities to get your answers. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you soon.